are Hope Church Guildford. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering. We hope you can join us at the Royal Grammar School on Guildford High Street, Sundays at 10am. Enjoy the message. Good, good, good. Well, it's really, really nice to see you all. And um, I thought, Jane, it was excellent to hear all the great work of CAP. So thanks so much for coming to share that. And uh, I, do, I, I think that, um, you know, it's great for us to be praying and, you know, volunteering and befriending. So do, do chat to Jane. I also think that, um, you know, if there's, if, if there's any of you guys here that are really passionate about getting involved in this, then maybe there's something that Hope Church can do more practically and, you know, do come and chat to me and uh, we can chat to Jane about what other services we can help offer through, through CAP. So uh, let's, yeah, let's be active with that. Um, so uh, uh, we're going to carry on our series in 2 Corinthians and we'd love everyone to have a Bible in front of them. And so our lovely welcome team will bring you a Bible. So if you don't have one with you, if you stick your hand up in the air, um, keep it up, it will arrive to you in your seat momentarily. And, um, and then you can start to find 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Um, if the reason your hand is up in the air is because you don't own a Bible, well, you can just write your name in the one you get given and you can keep it as a free gift from Hope Church. It will bless you and do you good. You can have it and, uh, and it will be yours. So whilst you're finding 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I just wanted to give you a couple of updates. And one was about the Giving Sunday. Uh, two weeks ago, um, we had a special one-off Giving Sunday. And that was in order to raise money for the life of Hope Church, for the things we do, especially in kind of um, reaching out into our community, putting on Alpha courses and sharing the good news of Jesus, putting on events that encourage people to come along and get to know us. And as we accept them, they might just believe that God might accept them too. And things like the carol service and things like that. We also wanted to raise money and 20% of whatever was given to give to commission which is our apostolic family of churches that we belong to which is the banner and uh, to help plant churches support existing churches and uh, help to raise up leaders and encourage existing leaders and so on and so forth and and serve the poor especially in India and Nepal and Serbia where we also have churches uh, existing and I'm really pleased to let you know that uh, I gave a bit of an update last week it's increased a bit more since last week so our total so far that was given is £16,821.50 Give yourselves a round of applause. So thank you, thank you so, so much for generous giving and uh, looking forward to putting that into action as we step into the new year and, uh, and sending off the gift to commission for the work that they do. Um, if you uh, missed out on that moment and want to participate and you still want to give, then you're very welcome to. You can do that. Uh, you can grab, uh, you, can, you can go on our website, hopechurchgift.com forward slash giving and just put in the details there, but put giving Sunday as the reference uh, so that we know it's that and not just normal normal giving so that was one update and then the other update just to let you know about was that uh, yesterday um, I me and Catherine had the great joy of hosting 
commissions young adults day. It's called CST 22. And we went, um, yeah, so we all, we, a bunch of us from Hope Church went along with a few hundred people from across the other churches in Guildford. And it was a really great day. Um, there was some, oh, I did, I thought I clicked. There was some pictures. Um, you might recognize one person. And um, yeah, it was a really great day. Worshipping God, spending time together um, and hearing some great talks. These were the eight seminar speakers that we had who were just speaking on lots of different topics of connecting with God's heart for our changing climate or connecting God's heart with race and inclusion and diversity or um, understanding God's leadership call on our lives, which, yeah, Jagget went to and a few other things. And rather than me saying any more, um, I want a few people that went there to come up and just take 10 seconds to say what they thought was great about the day. So, Jagger, why don't you come up? Rad, Josh, well done. And Matt, come, come and tell us what you thought about the day and, and how, how it was for you. Sorry if it's a bit longer than 10 seconds, but I went to the seminar about leadership. And at first I thought it was, oh, okay, you know, it will give you more like how to lead certain things, but it was just about your purpose. Um, and it had... He drew a picture that was like a circle and then a bigger circle and then a larger circle. And inside it was why and how. And those were the two main things. And if you remember your why, which is why are you you on this earth? It's to grow the kingdom of God, encourage and equip the kingdom of God. How? By loving God, loving other people as you love yourself. If you always go back to that, whatever leadership position you're in, um, whether it's just at work because leadership is influence, then you can't go wrong and God will be with you. So that really stuck with me. Um, yeah, I think my favourite seminar of the day was the, the one that Chris mentioned, the race and inclusion talk. Um, it was really, really good and quite moving, actually, um, looking at kind of the ideas of, of race and things from the point of view of what the Bible says and what God says. Um, I think also the, there was two brilliant sets of worship in the morning and the evening that were um, just very energising and encouraging. They were great. Yeah, um, yeah, it was very encouraging. It was it was really exciting to be with so many people, um, like-minded, um, being encouraged by people who are you know in these fields and spend time thinking about it regularly. Um, two that I went to that were really good um, was a work one um, about working for the Lord when you're at work, um, and the other one was evangelism. Oh, Stuart also did one which was great, but evangelism was really great. Um, thinking about how can you reach out to friends, family um, who aren't Christian and and just thinking a lot about it um, with those people in the room. Yeah, Yeah, I just found yesterday a really good opportunity to go closer to God and worship and hear from him through the different speakers and just a good chance to talk to people in the church and other people and just get to know them better. Yeah. Well done. Good. Thank you so much for sharing so well as well. I gave him like 30 seconds advance, so, and I didn't even give Jagger any advance, so well done. Um, so yeah, it was an excellent day, and it just reminds me again, if you're not booked in to come to Commission Festival, get yourself booked in. We, like, come. It's good. We've already got loads, a bunch, nearly 50 from Hope Church already booked in to be there, so join in. It's just going to be excellent. Uh, it's been a great time. Yes, it's camping, but you'll love it, all right? You know, I, I have had to get over the fact that I'm not going to be able to wear my makeup every day, and it's okay. I've, I'm going to make that sacrifice just for you guys. Um, 
but it's going to be okay. It's going to be a great time. And you can bring makeup, by the way. Don't, you know. (laughs) So, yeah, it's good. Right, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Um, So we are going through this series called Authentic Church, working through challenging times together. And um, the... We've nearly finished, actually. We've only just got a couple of weeks left. Malcolm's speaking next week and then Stuart the week after. And in this series, um, we've been going through this book of 2 Corinthians, which Paul wrote. Um, it was actually the fourth book to this church in, in, in Corinth. It was a, written about a year after the, the 1 Corinthians that we have. And um, it, it was really, uh, I guess the whole book is, a, is in some part a defence of Paul's ministry and his work into this church in Corinth. And today's chapter um, is really where he's kind of bringing that all together. He kind of hasn't really, he's kind of talked about what it means to be an authentic church, um, about knowing that God's presence with us, working through challenging times, uh, trusting him in it all, being, you know, all sorts of different things, being generous givers like we heard a few weeks ago. And now he's kind of like the elephant that's been in the room, he's now going to address it directly. And so this passage is it's actually, it's quite, it's not easy reading. He, he kind of, he's, he really wants to kind of now talk about his defence of his ministry and why it was right, actually, it's right for him to continue to, serve them and lead them and love them and in the midst of it all uh, here's a bit of context for you in the midst of it all the other these other kind of super apostles that have kind of come into this into Corinth and the Corinthian church have started to sort of look towards um, are kind of full of bravado they spend time commending themselves and showing how good they are. They kind of would point to the floggings that Paul has had as a sign that the Holy Spirit can't possibly be with him because why would someone who's full of God's spirit and presence have all this beating and all this suffering? Of course, they've completely missed the gospel and our King Jesus who who is the one who's who's the suffering servant, isn't he? he? And they've missed that and they kind of come with this bravado. They've come along and really, they didn't plant this church, Paul did. And now they're kind of building on it and they're trying to almost like take it from him. And Paul's, part of his defence is, hey, we stick to our, this is my territory essentially, you know, stick to your own lane. These are my people that I served and I worked for. Um, They are... They, they kind of say about Paul that he's very unimpressive. And they say, oh, well, he writes all these like, letters and stuff, but when he comes, he's a bit timid and shy and he doesn't really know what he's saying. He's not very impressive. He's not, you know, the big man. Why do you follow him? Follow us, because we're great and we look great and we're good. And so they kind of say this type of thing. And they also kind of uh, are challenging him about being a bit of a hypocrite. So they'll say, oh, well, he writes one thing, but then doesn't when he when he comes he then says another and Paul kind of in this chapter is going to address all those things and so it's just worth having that context as then when you read it through like okay I sort of see why he's saying that um Paul then he wants to bring to mind what is important to God um and where does real power come from where does real authority come from what is uh, the right way for us to go about our day and so what, what we're going to do is I'm going to read it through and hopefully just having that little bit of context helps you in terms of as we read it through I'm going to read it through I might speak a bit as we go just to help us and then I'm going to pull out two things that are going to be like takeaways all right and there's many more things that we could probably take from this passage but I'm just going to pick two uh, just to help us today 
So, we ready? Hope you've got 2 Corinthians chapter... It's not going to appear on the screen, so hopefully you've got it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says this. By the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. I, Paul, who am, and it's like in quotes, timid, because that's what they've been saying to him, he's shy and timid, when face to face. I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold towards you when I'm away, I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. This is like, he's telling us, hey, this is where true power comes from. You see, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. He's like, um, when he, he talks about once your obedience is complete, he's kind of saying, hey, once you've, you, once you've completed that giving that you promised that you were going to give, and once I arrive, once we get through that, hey, we will come and we will come and defend our right to continue to serve and to be the apostolic leaders of, of your church. And we're not going to do that, though, with pretension we're not going to do that with like worldly arguments we're not going to do that with that actually we're going to do that with through divine power it's through prayer it's through servanthood it's through following jesus's um uh example and what's jesus example it's humility it's gentleness so whilst he might appear timid actually it's not gentleness here you go it's a bit of a phrase going off piste already i gentleness is strength under control that's what it means Paul is saying don't don't um, confuse weakness for meekness don't confuse weakness for gentleness it's like I'm being gentle with you that's because I'm being I have strength and I'm exerting that under control it's a bit like the picture of a lion that picks up its cub in the lion's jaws he has all the strength to crush that cub but he is gentle because he has his strength under control. And so he uses his strength wisely. It's not brash, it's not arrogant, it's not argumentative, it's not angry. No, it's under control. It's temperate. In fact, self-control is one of the fruits of the Spirit, isn't it? So it's like a gift of God. Love, joy, peace, peace. This is how we know we are of the Lord because we have self-control. And he has self-control. And Jesus has humility and self-control. And so he acts in that way, not like these other pretenders who set themselves up as these great people. No, no. He says, no, this is how we're going to come. We wage war with different types of weapons. You, and then he goes on, verse 7, you are judging by appearances. You're looking on the outside, not on the inside. If anyone is confident by that, by, if anyone is confident that they belong to Christ, they should consider again that we also belong to Christ, just as much as they do. So even if I boast somewhat freely about the authority that the Lord gave us for building you up rather than, than tearing you down, I will not be ashamed of it. So he's not being ashamed of the fact that he is the apostle that started this church, that set this church going, that appointed elders in it. Uh, and he's happy to boast about it, not boasting about tearing them down like these others, but actually boasting that 
the strength he has that's under control is there to build them up, to encourage and equip and set free and to keep moving forward. For some say, oh yeah, he says, sorry, uh, well, I'll not be ashamed of it, verse 9, I do not want to seem to be trying to frighten you with my letters. For some say, well, his letters are weighty and forceful, but in person he's very unimpressive and his speaking amounts to nothing. Such people, Paul says, should realise that what we are in our letters when we are absent, we will be in our actions when we are present. It's quite, he's laying down the law. He's like, I'm coming and when I come, I'll speak like I spoke in my letters. So be ready. Verse 12, we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the sphere of service God himself has assigned to us, a sphere that also includes you. So he's like marking out his territory. He says, hey, we started this church. We have been working in this area of Corinth. These people have come along and building on our foundation, but actually he's already told us, no, you can't do that can only build on the foundation that the Lord has built and what he has equipped the, the apostles to build and that's what they've been doing and so now he's saying that it's right for us to boast about these, these, what God has given. We're not going too far in our boasting, he says in verse 14, as would be the case if we had not come to you for we did get as far as you with the gospel of Christ. Neither do we go beyond our limits by boasting of work done by others. We're not, he's not, we're not doing that. We're not going to other places and boasting about that work. No, we're staying within our limits. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activity among you will greatly expand. This is the apostolic heart. It's not that I, the, the apostle comes and just looks after that church but doesn't care about the rest of the world. No, it's that it comes, and as they come and uh, continue to build up this church in the same mind of Christ, in his humility and gentleness, that that church will then expand and grow into new charities. Share the gospel, go out, increase their borders. They wouldn't just stay isolated by themselves, but actually they'll share the good news with others. And so his hope is, our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, that your sphere of activity will greatly expand so that we can preach the gospel in the regions even beyond you. For we do not want to boast about work already done in someone else's territory. He's he's like, hey, I don't want to do that like these other people are. But he does want their territory to expand and for God to move. And he then says, but let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. There you go. It's quite a passage, isn't it? It's a bit, oh, a bit weighty. I just want to put out two things. Okay, two things for us today that you can take away and you can mull on this through the week. You can chew it over. You can meditate on, on other aspects that you might feel have come through as well. The two things that I want to pull out is one is that we are called not to measure ourselves by the, by the measurements of this world. We're called to use God's tape measure. There you go. Point one. Call to use God's tape measure. And um, Jesus, he, Paul says in verse one, by humility and gentleness of Christ, I appealed to you. It's like, again, this is because of Christ, this gentle lion, all strength under control, all that he did, he says this. And then at the end, he says, it's not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one who the Lord, the Lord commends. So we've got this from the start and at the end, we've got Jesus, the Lord, 
at work. And he's, he's encouraging each of us not to basically go to comparison. It's so easy in life to walk around comparing our lives with other people's lives. And essentially, that's what the Corinthians are doing. They're sitting there and they've got these two choices. They've got Paul, who's been going through all this hardship and all this challenge, this apostle. And then they've got all these like, super apostles that look great and look impressive and they're kind of saying, hey, don't follow him. And they're kind of measuring and they're measuring using the measurements of this world. And he's saying, look, we, you don't want to follow someone who commends himself. You don't want to do that. You don't, and you don't want to be someone who commends yourself. What you want to do is you want to be someone who trusts God, who lives for him, who loves him in all humility and gentleness. You serve him, you offer him your gifts and then allow the Lord to do what he wants to do and leave judgment to him, leave commendation to him. There's a story, um, some of you would have known it, is about Gulliver's Travels. And in Gulliver's Travels, he's, so he, he goes into this world and it's like Lilliput, Lilliput? And he goes into Lilliput and uh, in Lilliput, everyone is like a few inches high. So he's like a giant in Lilliput and he walks around and they treat him like a king. They, he comes in, he's like, wow, this is like God. And uh, he comes in, they treat him like wonderfully and he's treated amazing and he's like, oh, this is lovely. And he you know, lies on his feather bear, they bring him food and they fan him and it's all lovely. And then he leaves that place and uh, he's getting ready to go back home but ends up going into a different place called Bromdingnag or something. I don't know how to pronounce it. And uh, was, that, was that a good try? Yeah, you have no idea either. Yes, anyway, he goes into this Bromdingnag place and in that place... Everyone is much bigger than him. They're like giants to him. So he's like, and there's this girl that carries him around in his pocket and like the rats and the mice are like, like massive T-Rexes to him. And in, in that place, he's, he's really struggling. He's like, oh, he's, he feels weak and insecure and, and timid and shy. And what I find really interesting that the writer is very clever at doing is that it's all about comparison because Gulliver's size never changed. who he is, his identity never changed in both scenarios. All that changed was how he compared himself to others. And in one, he felt, great, look at me, I'm God, look at all these people serving him. And another, he felt inferior and insecure and timid and shy and overwhelmed. But nothing actually changed for him. He was the, the same guy, same identity, same height, same size, same everything else. Comparison, we've talked about this before, comparison kills joy. My kids, they love it. If I give them cake, oh, this is an amazing cake. The only time they're sad is that they look to their sister and see a, small, a bigger cake to their sister. And we all are exactly the same. It, that kind of, that whole thinking just extends in every area. When we buy a car, it's great. It's a wonderful car. And then when we see someone else with a nice car, we're like, oh, true joy, true happiness lies there. And we, we compare ourselves and now suddenly we're sad, even though our car's perfectly fine and goes from A to B when we see people with other houses or better kitchens or this is my thing at the moment, nice kitchens or uh, lovely gardens or, you know, it's like, oh, look at all I've got and we, can, we feel sad because we've compared ourselves. And what's annoying is that we never really compare ourselves to people who have less than us. Have you noticed that? We always compare ourselves to people that have more. That's why Instagram and Facebook are, are just not a good place for your mental health and well-being because people always put up their best, don't they? You don't see all the rubbish of people's lives. Um, all you ever see is their best and so it's just if you want to feel depressed why don't you just scroll through Instagram for a few minutes you know oh look at them they're having so much fun and look at that and look at this and that's all that it does 
And yeah, if you compared your life to some of our friends, some of our pastors living in India who are currently being beaten up and in prison, then oh, thank you, God. You'd be much more grateful, wouldn't you? You'd feel like Gulliver. Oh, wow, look how, how much I have in Lilliput. This is so good. And here, um, this is what Paul's encouraging us. He's one, I think one of the key things that comes out of this passage is that we need to make sure that we are people that don't measure the things of this world, don't measure our lives, don't measure the things that we see happening with worldly things, but actually we use God's tape measure. In Matthew chapter 25, Matthew shares a parable. No, not Matthew, Jesus shares a parable. Matthew writes it down for us to read. It's the parable of the tenants. Let me just read it for you. It says, he, Jesus says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, or five talents, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went and, uh, away and put his money to work, and he gained five bags more. So also, the one with two bags of gold gained two more. The one who had received one bag went off, dug a hole, and put it in the ground. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five and said, Master, you entrusted me with these five bags of gold, and I've gained five bags more. And the master says, Good and faithful servant, you've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The master with two bags of gold also comes and he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in my master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, har- harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. So here is what belongs to you. And his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. What I think that is trying to tell us in, com- in relation to the passage that we're in is that each of us have gifts Each of us has talents. Each of us has a different mind, a personality. Each of us has their own things that God has gifted to us. And the the parable tells us that we're all called to, to be the one who receives that wonderful commendation from the master. Good and faithful servant. Well done. You can share in my master's happiness. To be that person is not actually in how much you start with or how much you end in. It's what you do with what you have. It's what you do with what you have. Some people in this room have very little. Some people in this room have very much. But it's not about, one is not better than the other. It's what we do with what we have that God cares about. Because he doesn't look to the outward appearance, he looks to the heart. And what I find is incredibly encouraging when I'm looking at my life and I feel like, oh, my church isn't as big as someone else's church, or my gifting isn't as big as someone else's gifting, or my family isn't as big as someone else's family, or my bank balance isn't as big as someone else's bank balance, or whatever, is that the middle guy who served really hard, who loved God, who got that good and faithful servant, after years and years of serving and loving, what he finishes with isn't even what the first guy started with. Because the first guy started with five and he finishes with four. And so that's quite releasing. I think, oh, 
they're not incredibly releasing. There will be people in this room that will be starting at a place where you will even in your whole life of serving and loving God will never ever reach to. And you know what? That's okay. We've got to learn to be okay with that. We've got to learn to be okay with the fact that people all start at different places. And that's why it's good not ever to compare yourself to other people or to other things or places or churches. Because you're not starting at the same place. You're just not starting at the same place. We all have different backgrounds, different giftings. We come from different home environments, from different sibling environments, from different uh, educational environments, from all sorts of different things. And what counts to God is not how much or how little you have, but it's what you do with the things that you do have. Are you being trustworthy with what you do have? Are you being faithful with what you've got? Or are you putting yourself up on a pedestal and commending yourself? Or putting yourself down in a hole and withdrawing from others. God is calling us to be people who dare not classify or compare ourselves with like others. That's verse 12. He's calling us to be people who don't commend ourselves but allow the approval of the Lord to to come from him. He's calling us to be people who don't boast in things that are outside of our control but actually serve God with the, with the spheres of influence that we have within our control. Each and every one of us will have a sphere of influence. This is what Paul has. He has a sphere of influence. And he's going to work diligently and serve God as best as he can within that circle, as is his right to do. I think it's okay for him to defend that, you know. We, we don't, we sort of, it would be a bit strange, wouldn't it, if an apostle came in and sort of, oh, what you, you know, it, I think we'd like, we find that weird. But actually, I think the, what he's telling us is each and every one of us, you have a circle of friends, of family, of neighbours, of, you've got a sphere of income and money and finance and you've got a sphere of job or relationships and God is calling you to to put Christ at the centre of all those things and to serve, like Jacob said, serve the Lord in your workplace, uh, serve or work in your workplace as if you're serving the Lord. That's what he calls you to do. And as you serve him, and as you trust him, and as you seek him, and as you look to him in all these different places, with your money, with your relationships, with your work, with your gifts, with your talents, that is what God looks for. He's looking for good-hearted, servant-hearted people that are willing to work with what they've got. Because you can't, like the giving, you can't give what you haven't got, can you? You can, only, you can only serve with what you do have. So that was point one. Um, there you go. And point two is that Jesus, uh, in, in here, it says, we live in a world, we do not wage war as the world does, The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Everything you do cannot be done in your own strength. But in your weakness, you can be made strong. How? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, anyone who is thirsty, come to me and drink. This is one of the things we learned about yesterday at CST. He says, anyone who is thirsty, come to me and drink. He doesn't say some people. He doesn't say clever people. He doesn't say people that are going really good for God. He doesn't say people that haven't sinned for a while. He says anyone, anyone who is thirsty. 
And then it's who is thirsty? Guy Miller was saying yesterday, sometimes he meets Christians and they go, ah, it's all right, I've got enough Holy Spirit. It's like, what? Oh, have you got enough Holy Spirit? We can never have enough Holy Spirit. We need to thirst and long and seek and ask God for his power in our lives. And that is how we wage war. In our knees, in prayer, in the spirit, in the word of God. Not with the things of this world. There's all sorts of things in your workplace and in your situation in your life. And people will tell you, this is, this is how to work up the ladder. This is how to, what to do. This is how to gain control. This is how... To, and we need to come back. We need to be people of the book. We need to be people of the word. What does God say? He says he will provide your every need. He says he's, he's got you. He's with you. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. And you can trust him for everything. Just as he clothes the lilies in the field, he will clothe you. He will bless you. He will be with you. And so what do we do? We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive all those thoughts, all those angers, all those feelings. We take them captive. We discard them. We trust God. I want the worship team to come back up because we've come to the end of our time today. And I want us to take time with whatever God has been speaking to you about uh, through these, this last sort of 25 minutes. I want you to take a moment to speak to him, to ask him. It might be that you need just a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. He needs you to come, Lord, I am thirsty. I want to receive you. I want to know your power at work in my life. Help me to live for you. Help me to trust you. Help me to serve you. Help me to be obedient to you. It might be that there's others of you here that you recognise something of... uh, of Gulliver, you know, you recognise something of what it means to kind of compare yourself in the wrong way. You recognise, you know, and I want to pray that God gives you faith and favour and strength to serve him, to love him, to live for him with what you have, with the bag that you have, however much gold that is, whether it's one bag or two bags or five bags. I want to encourage you to be people who trust him with what you have and not with what you don't have. Who accept what you have. Who accept that there'll be others who start at a place you're never going to reach in terms of their gifting, in terms of their whatever. And to let it go. Say, Lord, I'm not going to compare myself anymore. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to love you with what I have. All the days of my life. I'm going to give over to you so that one day I might hear those words, good and faithful servant. Come and share in my master's happiness. Come and share in the joy. Let's stand together. Holy Spirit, we just invite you into our hearts again. We invite you into this place. Lord, we want to be an authentic church a church who remembers where your power comes from where power comes from it's not from the things of this world but it's from you from the Holy Spirit fill us with your presence fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit fill us with your gifts your goodness and your grace help us to know all the fruits of the Spirit in our lives including self-control help us not to measure with the tape measures of the world but with God's tape measure 
Help us not to compare our lives with others. Help us not to be frustrated with the lack of the things we have, but to be grateful for everything we have. To, give, to come to you in thanksgiving and praise and prayer. To, to come to you and, and thank you for all that you've done by bringing your gentle son Jesus from heaven to earth, this roaring lion with all the strength under his control to do what he likes and yet submitting himself to death and even death on a cross, that we might know life and life to the full, that we might have our sin and our shame removed from us, that we may know forgiveness and grace and mercy. I pray today, Lord God, would you fill us again? Help us to know your hands on our life. Help us to know your spirit's presence with us. Help us to step into all the things you've called us to. Help us not to look at outward appearances, but to look at the heart, to trust you, to, to kind of live for you, to just focus on the speck in our own eye and not at the plank in others, but just to, to love you, to stay in our lane, to, to serve those in our sphere of influence, to help those that we can. Lord, I pray, help us, Lord. And I pray that through that, that you would expand the borders of this church, that we would reach new nations, the new people groups, new, new people, those that don't know you. I pray for those things coming up, like the Christmas carols and our conversations, our friendship groups. Lord, I pray that you would break in. Lord, I thank you for those testimonies of cat, people that have come desperate and destitute and yet you break in and you set captives free you bind up the brokenhearted and I pray Lord God do it in our day do it today do it in our lives Lord God that we may see your goodness and your grace that we may test and see that you are good that your love endures forever thanks for listening we meet on Sundays at 10am at the Royal Grammar School in Guildford we look forward to seeing you